goats, present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord, the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell, and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, uh, The Lot's Choosing. The Lot's Choosing. It's not really a Father's Day message, but uh, it's, it's a biblical message, so I guess that'll work. Amen. Amen. Turn to a few people, wave at them, air high fives, and you may be seated. What is the single greatest force that controls your life? What is the one gift that our Creator has given us that has the power to change our life right now? This one thing has the power to change our life no matter what has happened to us. No matter if we were treated fairly or unfairly, no matter if we grew up rich or poor, no matter what kind of car we drive or what size house we live in, those factors have affected each of our lives differently. But while we have all have had a diverse upbringing, the one thing that we all still have even today is the power to choose. The power of choice. We cannot control the events that might happen to us or around us, but we can still choose how to respond or how to act or or what to do. Our circumstances don't control our life, but our decisions do. I don't want to go around in life and saying uh, these things are beyond my control. We still have a choice that we can make no matter what comes before us, no matter what situation arises in our life. We still have a choice that we can choose and decide how to go, which way to act, and what to do. One choice can change your destiny for the good or for the bad. Take, for instance, the the person that you chose to marry, if you're married. If you had chosen somebody else, your life would have been completely different. Obviously for the worse, we obviously, we understand that. One choice, one statement, I do, and your life is forever changed for the good. The power of a choice. Adam and Eve were created and placed in paradise to live forever without any sickness, without any disease, without any pain, or without any suffering. Can you imagine the life like that? They could do whatever they desired, but the only thing that they could not do was to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. 
There were hundreds, if not thousands, of other trees to eat from. It's not like there was a, a scarce amount of trees and it's just two trees. You can't eat from this one, but you can only eat from that one. No, they had plenty of options, enough trees to fill them for the rest of their life without even touching the tree of knowledge. But this tree was planted in the middle of the garden, a garden that was probably hundreds, if not thousands, of square miles. And out of all that tropical paradise, only one tree could not be eaten of. But as God gave mankind the power to choose, Adam and Eve chose to eat of that tree, and it forever changed the destiny of mankind. Because of one choice, sin entered the world, and, and disease came in, and sorrow came in, and pain came with it. And now those things are felt each and every day in our lives all across this world, all because of one choice that was made. There are benefits to making good choices, and there obviously are consequences for making bad choices. Obviously, we are all aware of the consequences of Adam and Eve's choice. But let's not, let's consider the benefits if they had made the right choice to not eat of the forbidden fruit. Well, in theory, I guess paradise would still exist. Uh, there wouldn't be any sin in the world. There wouldn't be death. There wouldn't be pain or sorrow. Uh, they would still be alive, and we would all be able to watch God come down and, and walk in the garden in the cool of the day and be with him. Incredible benefits of making the right choice. All from the power to choose. And I'm sure there are many choices that you and I have made that if we could go back, and make a different choice, we probably would. Because we, we understood and we saw the consequences of that bad choice. And now we wish uh, we could have done things differently. But there, uh, there is nothing that we can do about the past. Uh, that is over and done with. And the Bible says that we are not promised tomorrow. We're not guaranteed to wake up tomorrow. And so all that we have to deal with is today. The today, the here and the now. Today will be filled with many choices. And I pray that we all make the right decisions and reap the benefits of each good choice. Because one choice can change your destiny and alter your course. We know the consequences and the benefits when we uh, make choices. But what happens when God chooses somebody? What happens when God makes a choice? After Adam and Eve, there are certain people that God chose to have a special relationship with. What kind of benefits do we see these chosen people have because God chose uh, them. In Genesis 5, we see a man named Enoch. And I'm not sure what Enoch did and what decisions he made, but clearly he must have chosen right because Genesis 5:24 says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch chose right. Time after time, and God took notice of all his decisions and chose to come down and walk with him. And then one day, God said to Enoch, well, Enoch, we, we walked together so much. 
Instead of me coming down to walk with you, why don't you just come up here and live with me, and then we can continue walking and talking in heaven for all of eternity. And then Enoch was not, for God took him. And so the power of making a good choice can determine your destiny because when God chooses you, your life is never going to be the same. Your destiny is going to be altered. Your situation is going to be turned around. And all of a sudden you saw a dark future. Now God has chosen you and has placed his hand upon you and his anointing has come upon you. Now your future is even brighter because of a single choice. The next chapter in, the, in Genesis, a man named Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God chose Noah to help him make a new earth. Of all the millions of people on the earth in that time. And if I have to start over with one of them, God says, I'm choosing Noah. God chose Noah to turn this world upside down and can you imagine the thoughts that were going through Noah's mind when the entire earth has, was flooded with water and he looks around and, and he sees his family alive and well, the only ones left of this entire earth floating on the ship. Can you imagine what Noah's thoughts were? I would imagine he was overwhelmed with gratitude Thank you, Lord, for choosing me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for saving me. I am forever grateful because of your grace, Lord. Just a few of the benefits of being chosen by God. When God chose this next man, we see the benefits greatly increase. Genesis 12. Now, the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so if we are born again of the seed of Abraham according to the scripture and been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, we are born again of that seed. And that means that God is going to bless us. And that means that God will bless those that bless us. And we don't have to worry about the enemies and the foes out there because the Bible Bible says that those that curse the people of God, God will curse them. We don't have to worry about any kind of witchcraft or devils or demons out there because we have the protection of the Almighty God. We should not fear anything. We have the spirit of love, of power, of a sound mind, not the spirit of fear. We don't need to be worried about those things because God will take care of his chosen people. Not only does Abram have the benefit of walking and talking with God, that alone should be worth it, just to talk with God. You should not really desire anything else in this life. What more can top that? So Abram got the benefit to walk and talk with God, and now God is going to go even further. God's going to bless him. He says, I will make him a great nation. I will bless him. I'll I'll make his name great, and I will bless them that bless Abram and curse them that curse him. And God will call all the families, cause all the families of the earth to be blessed. Talk about a choice that changed a destiny. All because God chose Abram. That almost sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? All from a single choice. 
It's like waking up one morning and there's a knock at your door and it's Publishers Clearing House presenting you with a large check and you nearly pass out. Praise God. Lord, don't come quickly. But then if that's not enough, Standing behind them is a representative from the Florida Lottery with a large check in their hand, a bigger check than, than Publishers Clearing House. And you start having shortness of breath and your knees start to give and you're, you're holding yourself up by the front door handle because you can't imagine what's happening to your life. And then behind them is Warren Buffett who comes to you and says, I'm leaving all my wealth to you. I choose you. Oh, Lord, now really don't come quickly. And after uh, Warren leaves, uh, the President of the United States shows up and he says, Out of all the people in America, I've chosen you to give the state of New Jersey to, which is the size of Israel. We're talking land, ma land mass size, not about everything else, but just land mass size. Uh, New Jersey is the size of Israel. And imagine the president say, I'm giving all of that land to you and your family for all, for all of eternity. Now you, you can't take that anymore and you collapse to the ground. Unbelievable because uh, that is basically what happened to Abram. His life was forever changed and he inherited a, an entire uh, state or country all because God chose him. The blessings of being chosen. That is what God did to Abram and that is what God can do to your life. He can turn your life around. Don't hold on to the things of this life. Let him go and say, God, what is it that you you have for me. I want more of your blessings. I want to follow after you. I don't want to hold on to these things that may hinder me and hold me back and cause me to stay in a place where you are not blessing. Because we are chosen of God, the Bible declares many other promises and blessings. The Bible says that God will go and fight against your enemies because you are chosen of God. He will keep you safe. He will provide for you. He will open up the windows of heaven and send down rain all because that you are chosen of God. I, I can't imagine why somebody would not want to be chosen of God. All of these benefits and blessings are mostly directed at the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, the doors to be chosen are opened. Now, not just the Jews are chosen people, but now God says, I'm going to open up the doors. Open up the doors to the Gentiles and the rest of the human race. Now it's just not the nation of Israel, but whosoever will. Whoever wants to be chosen can be chosen and share in the blessings and benefits of being chosen by God. The invitation goes out to many. Many are called, but only few are chosen. Only few say, I want to be chosen. God's not going to uh, predetermine and predestinate uh, who gets saved and who doesn't. No, salvation is predetermined. But whoever wants to get on board, that's, that's up to your choice and, and, and your decision to make. 
It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from, what your family name is or how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter what you've done or how bad of a person you were. God's grace is sufficient and his blood covers a multitude of sins. You can be chosen of God. He desires to choose you. He desires that everyone would be chosen and that everyone would be saved and doesn't want to send anyone to a devil's hell. And to be chosen of God is a choice that you and I get to make. A choice that will change your life now and for all of eternity. Who wouldn't want to be chosen of God? As if the benefits and blessings weren't enough, they get even better now in the New Testament. Now God will not only just watch over you, But he wants to come and live inside of your very own body of his chosen people. Because he wants to be right there at all times at a moment's notice and said, all you got to do is to call upon the name of Jesus and you don't have to wait four minutes for the ambulance to show up. All you got to do is to speak the name and Jesus is already right there. He's already living inside of us. He's not very far from every one of us. All we got to do is to call upon the name because we are chosen of God. He wants to fill you with his presence, with his spirit. The spirit that comes to live inside of us for us to become a a, a temple of the Holy Ghost. And that is something that uh, his chosen people in the Old Testament did not get to experience. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost that we we come so accustomed to. The the Jews in the Old Testament didn't get to experience uh, the joy and the life that you and I live because we have his spirit inside of us and if if you have not been filled with the Holy Ghost and uh, uh, God made sure that there was a sign that you'll know exactly when that happens and that is when you begin to speak in another language your tongue gets taken over by the spirit of God you spoke in a language you've never spoken before that's the heavenly language that's God's sign telling hey you've just received my spirit your destiny is about to change things are about to start looking up for you everything's going to be different from now why because you are chosen of God Those of us who have received the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues will tell those that haven't, we wish that we hadn't waited. We wish that we would have made the choice earlier in our life because of how much it changed our life. And if we can go back and make a change, maybe I hope it would be that we'd get the Holy Ghost even sooner. That we'd get into church and get more serious about church even sooner in life. 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is why we clap our hands. We're showing forth the praises of God. That is why we get excited and dance before the Lord because of what he's done for us in our life. That is why we raise our hands because he's brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's why we cannot keep quiet. That's why the rocks will never have a chance to cry out because we're the chosen people of God. And we have a choice to make. Scripture says that he gives us power to be a witness. 
power over the enemy, power to cast out devils, power to lay hands upon the sick and watch them to cover, recover, power to bind and loose, all because of a single choice, all because we were chosen of God and we chose him. Who wouldn't want to be chosen of God? So blessed in this life and blessed for all of eternity. But sometimes the choice can be a little bit too difficult to make, not with regarding God, but just a, a choice in general. Sometimes the options are too good. They're both good options, and how do you choose? Sometimes there are too many options, or maybe they're just too similar, or just too close to call. Like, uh, I'll be happy with either of them, and how do you, how do you choose? Sometimes you'll need some help or guidance in making uh, that choice. And this was often done in Scripture, and it's called casting lots. Casting lots was done uh, many times in the Scripture. When Judas chose to take an early retirement, there was a vacancy in the, t- uh, in the 12th apostle spot. The 11 could not choose. Who do we choose to fill this empty seat, and uh, because of all the qualified men that they thought and deemed were, were uh, capable of filling the role, uh, they were not able to choose one of them. And so what did the apostles do? The Bible says they cast lots. Acts one twenty six, and they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Matthias became the twelfth apostle. And the others were not, all because of the lots choosing. Now, hopefully they didn't get bitter and backslide and quit the church because they weren't chosen uh, to fill that role. Um, When a choice is made and someone is chosen or something is chosen, it also means that somebody or something was not chosen. So two things happen with, one, with a choice. You say yes to this, that means you're saying no to something else. Two things happen for every choice. When you say yes to one thing, you're also saying no to something else. When you say yes to Chick-fil-A for lunch, that means you're saying no to Taco Bell or McDonald's or whatever else is out there. Or when you go to Love Boat Ice Cream, like Taylor and I did the other night, and and they have four dozen flavors of ice cream on the wall, how do you choose? And you have to choose two or three out of 48, or however many they have, there's a lot. By choosing two or three, that means you are saying no to many other delicious flavors. Tough decisions, tough decisions in life. Because they all look good. And you probably want to eat them all, as I do. But one day out of the year, a choice had to be made. And it was no easy choice. One day out of the year was called the Day of Atonement. The day that God would choose to forgive the sins of an entire nation. The one day where the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies and and, and spread the blood upon the mercy seat and, and that God would come down and forgive the, the sins of the nation of Israel. 
an important decision was to be made. Because two goats were presented before the congregation. Two goats were brought forth. Which goat would become the sacrifice? Which one do you choose? And which one do you let go? Leviticus 16.7 And he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Two choices were presented to the people. Both goats, I'm assuming, were probably around the same age. Both in the same condition. They, they couldn't have any spots or blemishes. They could not be deformed in any way. They, they, they had to be perfect little goats. And they were both uh, uh, nearly the same. And so, how do you choose? Which one of these do you sacrifice and which one is killed or is, is, is let go? Leviticus 16 and 8, and Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord, the other lot for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell and offer him for a sin offering, but the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement with him and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. The lot's choosing decided which goat lives and which goat is then killed for the sins of the people. The one that is chosen to live, the scapegoat, the high priest would lay his hands upon it and he would confess the sins of the nation upon this goat. And symbolically, the sins would be transferred uh, to this goat, and then it was set free. But since the goat that was full of sin would be released, that meant that the goat that was chosen to be sacrificed was innocent. Because innocent blood has to be shed for sins. The innocent goat, the blameless goat, was killed, and the sinful goat was set free. Doesn't make any sense. The guilty one, the sinful goat that had the sins confessed upon it, that's the one that should be killed. Why should we kill this innocent one who had no sins imparted to it? And uh, the innocent one should be the one to set free and to go and, and to live a blessed life and to continue uh, making great choices. But no, the, the, the innocent one is the one that was slain and the one that was filled with the sins of the people was let go and became the scapegoat and ended up going living a long life. Doesn't seem fair, doesn't seem to make sense, but that's... The lot's choosing. We fast forward a few hundred years. Matthew 27, 15, now at the feast of the governor, was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they said. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, 
which is called the Christ. Pilate brought two men and presented them before the congregation. Jesus and a prisoner named Barabbas. Even though these two men were nothing alike, not even worthy to be compared with one another, Jesus, who is the Almighty God manifested in the flesh, perfect and sinless in every single way, and next to Jesus was a hardened criminal, a man full of sin named Barabbas. Even though Jesus and Barabbas were nothing alike, yet the actions of Pilate presenting them both together on the same stage on that day made them equal in some degree. Two men are presented before the congregation and the congregation gets to choose who is going to be set free and who will face punishment. Musicians, if you would come. By presenting both of them together before the congregation, in essence, Pilate is, is making them uh, two equal choices, even though we understand and we realize that there's no way that they are equal choices. But this was the day where a prisoner would be set free, and so therefore uh, he's likening Jesus unto a prisoner, and now uh, they are both standing on the stage before the congregation who... Do you let go? Perhaps Jesus and Barabbas were about the same age. I don't know if there's any way to tell, but maybe they were. Jesus claims to be the Son of God, the Son of Heavenly Father. And Barabbas, do you know what Barabbas, what his name means? Well, Bar... That means son. Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. Simon, son of Jonah. Bar means son. Does anyone know what Abba means? Father. As in Bar-Abbas. Abba means father. And so Barabbas also means son of a father. Two men are standing before the congregation, two sons, one the son of the heavenly father and the other the son of an earthly father. You choose between these two options which one is going to be released and which one will be condemned to die. Matthew 27, 21, the governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. The lot chooses that son. Let that son go free and kill that son. Verse 22, Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And they all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be 
crucified. The lot's choosing means that one gets to live and the other gets to die. While Jesus, the sinless, innocent son, is slain, Barabbas, the son in which there was much sin, was the one that was set free. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't seem fair. But one day each year, two goats were presented before the congregation, and fate was left in the hands of the Lot's choosing. One shall live and one shall die. How do you choose? Stand with me today. Being the chosen people of God is something worth shouting over. Being chosen of God, we, we like that phrase, I am chosen of the Lord. I, we are blessed. We are the chosen people, the peculiar people. That's worth shouting the rest of our life over, being chosen. But what's even more moving than that is that we were not chosen. We were not chosen that day when the lots fell and we did not get picked to die. Because we know the story of Jesus and Barabbas, but to personalize it, go ahead scratch off the name Barabbas and put your name in there because essentially that's what happened that's what happened you and Jesus were brought before the jury in heaven and lots, lots were cast as to which one of you would be chosen to receive the punishment for sin You standing next to Jesus, Jesus being innocent and you being full of sin. The Lot's choosing did not pick you. You were not chosen to be slain. You were not chosen to be crucified, but Jesus was. And we all know who's the real one that should have been on that cross. It shouldn't have been Jesus. It should have been you. It should have been me. But the Lot chose Jesus because we were chosen to be set free. Even though we were the ones that were stained with sin, you were the one made that made all the wrong choices, and you were the one to which the Lot should have fallen upon. It should have been me. Barabbas knew that as well. He's standing there next to Jesus, and he was even more amazed than Pilate was when the crowd says, let Barabbas go, and Barabbas looks over at Jesus, and he knows it should have been me. I should have been the one that was dragged to the Calvary. I should have been the one that was crucified because of the sins that I had committed, the choices, the bad choices that I had made. The lot should have fell on me. 
but it did not. And that should give us even a greater reason to rejoice than being chosen is to being not chosen. I'm thankful to be chosen of God, but I'm even more thankful that I was not chosen to be killed, to be sacrificed. But we were the one to which the lot said, you can go free. You can go and be delivered and, and go and to live your life. But it did not happen to Jesus because the lot chose Jesus instead of you. You get to live while the innocent one was killed. You are the one that is set free. Because of the lot's choosing, we should beyond, be beyond grateful to live the life that we were granted. This life we should live for Him. There should be no question to whether we're going to serve the Lord or not. Because a decision was made a long time ago where the lot did not fall on you. The lot fell on the innocent one, and it should have fallen on you. And so Jesus said, I'll let the lot fall on me. I'll take your punishment. I'll take your place on the cross, and I'll let you go and to live your life, but just live it for me. Live your life for me. Let your life bring me glory. Let your life give me honor. Don't go out and make bad choices. Don't go out and say wrong things and do evil deeds. No, you were pardoned a long time ago. And so this life that God has given us, we should say, God, it should have been me, but I was not chosen. And so therefore now I choose to live a life for you. I'm choosing to deny myself. I'm choosing to deny my will, deny my flesh, deny my kingdom. Why? Because we were chosen not to die. We were chosen to live. And so he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. We are free from a life of sin. Don't go back in there. Don't go back in the world of darkness. We are called out to live the life that is worthy of his choosing. As we begin to sing and we begin to close the service, why don't we just close our eyes and why don't we just reach out to heaven and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for not choosing me. Thank you, Lord, that the lots were not falling upon me. Help me, God, to live this life for you, to be a living sacrifice. Because the fact that I'm still alive doesn't make sense. My God, how great Well, we should have are. died a long time ago. How great, how but Jesus great stepped in and said, I'll take your place. You go live for me. You go live a blessed life, and I will die for you. My God, Come on. how great you Let's are. not settle for how great, the mundane life. Let's go forward in God. Let's do great things for God because he took our place. My God, how great you are. Oh, let's shout. Let's sing on the hill.
Jesus. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus. Let's exalt the name that is above every name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, he didn't die so that his people could be lukewarm. He didn't die for his people to go around being bound by sin and addiction. No, Jesus died so that we can live a life and go and conquer the enemy and go and tear down strongholds. That is why we were set free. We're set free to go and build our own kingdom. Say, thanks, Jesus, for dying for me. I'm going to go do what I want, build my own kingdom. The lot was not falling upon him so that we can forget about him. The lot was chosen and it chose Jesus so that we can never forget that day and say, God, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? I need to be a living sacrifice because you were a sacrifice for me. You were a dead sacrifice. The least I can do is to be a living sacrifice for you. You died for me. The least that I can do was to live for you. God is calling all of us to live the life that God gave us. And that is not to be lukewarm or uh, apathetic or lethargic and, and spiritually asleep. That's when he did not die for the church to be asleep. He died so that we can rise to power and we can bind strongholds and, and tear down the enemy's fortification. That we can cast out devils and demons. That's what he's given us. He's given us the power to do that. And we need to go forward in there. We need to wake up and say, God, this is who we're called to be not bound by fear or addiction, but we have the power to make the right choice. All because of the Lot's choosing. We're blessed to be chosen of God, but we're even more blessed to not have been chosen. Let's not let God down. Let's live the life that we are called to live. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Remember prayer Friday night. Uh, starts at 9 o'clock to be here, amen, to draw closer to him. Amen. God bless you. Dismiss if you